Greetings, students, and welcome to another fun-filled day here at Horror in the Halls. <laughs> What's up, kids, and welcome to Horror in the Halls. I'm Bob, a.k.a. Mr. Holland. And I'm Jenny, a.k.a. Mrs. Hill. And we're just two high school teachers educating the masses on the spooky stuff we love. And in this July, we're going to summer camp. So gather around the campfire and die with us as we delve into 1981's The Burning. (laughs) Pretty solid movie. Like, yeah, I kind of... It's one of those that has like a huge cult following because it came out, it was limited, and then it went out of print. So pretty much any horror movie in the 80s that goes out of print has like a huge, ridiculous following. Okay. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it was because it, it didn't come back out till I think either 2005 or 2007. We got Dang. a re-release, an uncut release on DVD. So it was one of those movies that was out has a crazy cast in it, which I'll get to in a second. Yeah, it does. And then all of a sudden it was like, and we're gone. But that's a lot of movies, unfortunately, from the 80s. There's a ton of good like horror movies or things like that that we grew up on that went out of print and uh, sadly have are just gone forever. Which is sad. I know, especially from the 80s, because that was like the golden era of horror movies, in my opinion. 70s, 80s, because that's the best. So let's get into the deets, then we'll get into all the fun stuff. So again, okay. The Burning, release date, May 8th, 1991. Had a perfect pre-summer release date, I think. Runtime's 91 minutes. Uh, directed by Tony Malum. He's a BAFTA-nominated English filmmaker. He mostly did documentaries before this, so I think that kind of lends itself to the gritty nature of this film. Because I think documentary filmmaking is a whole different yeah, approach. So he, I think it kind of gives you a little bit. He also did like a great movie called Split Second. It's got Rudger Hauer in it. It's weird, like this big alien creature monster thing. It's pretty hmm. cool. I love Rudger Hauer, though. Written by, and I think this explains the whole tone of this movie, Bob Weinstein and Peter Lawrence. Story is by Brad Gray, Tony Malum, and Harvey Weinstein. So in case you didn't know, mm-hmm. they were kind of, during the Me Too movement, those dudes got just lambasted for all the sexual predation they had put on people as producers sadly i think harvey weinstein's first accusation actually comes from a production assistant on this film in 1981 and of course they're the heads of miramax but i'm a firm believer in not letting art get tainted by the people involved so still gonna move on with this one but yeah that does explain a lot of the story though very 80s very rapey uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll get to that too cinematography is harvey harrison he uh, he's also English. He's cinematographer and assistant director. It says on his his like whatever that he's known for V for Vendetta, Equilibrium, and the Avengers, like ninety eight. But really, he was a camera operator. He hadn't really done a lot of big things as a cinematographer, and you can tell from this because the cinematography is meh. It's mid at best. Special effects, though, Tom Savini. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. He actually turned down Friday the Thirteenth Part Two to work on this movie. He didn't oh, like really? the idea of Jason become, being an adult for no reason. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. That was part of the reason why he was like, yeah, 
he wanted to work on this because it was something different and he wanted to do like the different makeups and stuff. But also he was like, why is he an adult? I just did this movie. He was a child. Right. You know what I mean? So and honestly, it would have been fine if he was still a child because it probably would have made it a little bit yeah. creepier. So or it would have made sense if he was an adult at the end of the movie because he obviously was in the bottom of the lake. Didn't make any sense, but whatever. That's why he didn't do it. Although he came back later. It's fine. The budget was $1.5 million, which doesn't sound Whoa. like much today, but that's a shit ton of money in 1981. Right. <laughs> but funny, it only made $770,000 in the U.S. and Canada, but it was like one of the highest grossing horror mil- films of the 80s in Japan. It made $1.2 oh, million dollars in Japan. That's neat. It made more than its U.S. box office in Japan in its opening weekend in just four cinemas. Oh my then, gosh, that's really yeah, fun. I couldn't find the total amount, but in the first 16 weeks, it made $1.2 million. So it made its money back, which is good. You know, normally that's, you wouldn't have saw that. Didn't do it in the U.S. Like I said, very limited release here. Uh, but yeah, apparently the Japanese folks love this movie. But it has a very, like, gory, kind of weird Japanese film feel, I guess. It's got a 75% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of crazy. 60% audience. 3.2 on letter, Letterboxd, of course. A real kind of, at this point, cliche plot, but it wasn't in 81. So a caretaker at a summer camp is burned when a prank goes tragically wrong after several years of intensive treatment at a hospital, which that whole scene's ridiculous. He is released right. back into society, albeit missing some social skills. <laughs> a lot, actually. Yes, all the social skills. Like that first death makes no sense at all. Right. <laughs> like none but let's jump into the cast real fast and then we can talk about it and this first one really bugs me so we got brian matthews as todd he's kind of the main hero here but then keith vandell is young todd but it's only a five-year break so that part annoyed the shit out of me lee ayers <laughs> is michelle brian backer back backer is alfred you might know him from rat from fast times of regiment high lou david is cropsy which is actually based on a real killer. It was the Cropsey murders. His story was inspired by that, which I'll get to in a second. Larry Joshua is Glazer. And this is the cast in order. And then it jumps down to Jason freaking Alexander as Dave. It's his I first know. movie. <laughs> Ned Eisenberg I, is Eddie. I really also. liked his, ca- he I was loved his character. He was funny. He was like the charismatic guy. And to see him with hair was yeah. hilarious. I, I know, right? <laughs> Aaron was like, look at that hair, man. He's kind of cute. I was like, I know, right? Back when he had hair and he was funny and like he was very, very much you could see his, his characters going forward. But it was pretty good. I liked it. Ned Eisenberg, also a really great actor as Eddie. He's done a lot of like TV stuff, but he's a solid actor. Carrick Glenn is Sally. Carolyn Houlihan is Karen. Fisher freaking Stevens is Woodstock. You may know him from Short Circuit, like Johnny Five is Alive, which is a little bit racist because he's not Indian at all. But great i love him from hackers he's the player i loved it i what's funny is i didn't know who he was i just i was watching it and i'm like wait a second is that the guy from short circuit i was real excited about that i don't know why oh dude i love him i, I saw hold up i was looking through the cast and aaron was like well i'm like Fisher Stevens is in this movie and she was like why are you so excited i was like i love that dude because hackers is one of my favorite movies like when i was a kid i loved hackers man and he's like mm-hmm. we are samurai keyboard cowboys it's just ridiculous but he's the plague and he's real funny. And then he puts on old man makeup and tries to escape. It's just great. But this was his first actual movie. He did some TV stuff before this, but this was it. And then he started doing short circuit and then he 
kind of got sort of a little bit over in the 80s, 90s. And then he died. He was in Super Mario Brothers, which is terrible. Hackers in 95, <laughs> which is like my <laughs> heyday for me. And then nothing really crazy since then. But I love that dude. Sorry off my tangent for a minute, but he's great. And then we got Shelly Bruce as Tiger, which she was weird and ridiculous. Right. Sarah Chodoff as Barbara. Bonnie Dorosky as Marnie. Holly freaking Hunter as Sophie. This was her first movie. She was waiting tables and just was happy to have a paycheck to cover her rent that month. But yeah, she's in it for a, a few minutes. She's one of the characters you see just sitting around when they're at, on their canoe trip. And you and, will miss it. You if do you look yeah. away for a second. And that's what happened to me. I was like, where in the hell is Holly, Holly Hunter? Yeah. I'm looking for it. Johnny goes, one, who's Holly Hunter? The first scene like, where I saw her, Aaron made me rewind because she missed it. She said, rewind. What do you mean? I said, she's right there because she looks, her hair's brown, which is not, you're not used to seeing. And, yeah. And she's gotten prominent when she was a little bit older. You know, so she mm-hmm. has that her she her face. She's very distinctive, but you catch it in her eyes. Oh, that's Holly Hunter. And I looked, and that's who it was. Uh, let's see. Kevin Kendall is Diane. J.R. McKinney is Fish. George Perry is Alan. Uh, there's a bunch of other people. They're just like orderlies, interns, rods. No one really big. We got J.C. Townsend as the unnamed hooker. It's terrible. It's a horrible, horrible thing. But yeah. Made no sense. I, I know. Like... So let's jump into this movie starts. You got kids at a camp plotting to get back on their lead counselor guy, caretaker. Apparently he was a dick. They tell the story about how he beats people up and he was terrible. So yeah, it's a prank gone wrong. I want to know if these kids got like a legit human skull. Does that look like a yeah, rotting was- skull with worms and shit on it? I'm like, did you make this or did you go dig this up? That's creepy. I know. I was, I was a little, con- I, not concerned, but I was like, I wasn't sure if that was real or not either. I know. But, I couldn't you know. tell. Like, did you make this look really cool or did you dig this up? It's got dirt and worms on it. And of course, for somehow the dude and slaps it on himself and catches his whole self on fire, which is and a terrible there's a freaking effect. tank of gas next to him. Yeah. And his creepy shed uh, that he lives <laughs> in. It's like a storage shed with a bed in it. It's weird. So stupid. <laughs> That jumps to that burn scene, like that scene with him legs kicking on fire. That's Tom Savini doing that 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 stunt slash effect, which is kind of cool. The stunt guy who did that burn scene actually died filming Airwolf four years later. He was very young in this movie, but he died in a helicopter accident in Airwolf. Oh, that's sad. But he's wearing a really thick burn suit with a horrible oh, I, fake human mask on. It looks so bad. It does look bad. I noticed that too. I was like, <laughs> that. I mean. I I couldn't imagine being a stunt person on fire. There's no way. No. And now it's new technology. It looks a little thinner. I mean, in the 80s, you did what you did, man. You had to be on fire for that long and then roll down that hill and that whole jazz. And you're on fire the whole time. Of course, you're in a thick suit. So you don't can't can't really fault them for that it's for like safety. The, yeah, because it's like the night, night, Nightmare on Elm Street movie where he's like walking up the stairs. You can yeah. tell it's a burn suit. But like it looked really good. And that was a long burn scene. I, I was know, like, right? oh, that's what it reminded me of it's not like today where you can cg burn people you know what i mean like then it was like that's a dude in a suit on fire so yeah i'm not gonna hate him too much for that but yeah like it's so that whole happens the man gets burned the kid's like oh no but those kids are dicks man like they're like first off they're old they're all old as shit like everybody these camps there's like one dude who looks like a teenager and the rest of them look like they're 40 the 80s is rough on everybody But they just watched that dude burn to death. 
Right? They thought. And I'm like, ha, 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 ha. And then dipped. Like, how terrible was this Cropsy guy? He must have been horrible. Then it cuts to this weird hospital scene with, like, this black orderly who's kind of an asshole. Like, you don't want to be a doctor, man. Come look at this crazy shit. And then, like, he he just reaches up and grabs him. And that dude's, like, screaming, oh, like, you work in a hospital. so (laughs) weird. It made no sense. And then, like, then it cuts to the weirdest thing ever, I think. He gets out of jail and he's walking. And you see these prostitutes. And the cool thing is, now we look at New York and it's shown as this touristy place. But New York in the 70s and 80s was sketch. And you saw the streets. It was just like prostitutes and porn shops everywhere based on this footage. Because that's in New York that they're shooting yeah. at in. This whole thing was filmed in upstate New York. So it's like, New York looked like a place you would get straight murdered in. Yeah, they did. Meets, and the thing that makes me laugh, though, is that he meets this prostitute. She's like, come on up, honey. Did he meet her from across the street or something? Because all of a sudden he walks into the light and she's freaking out about his face. Did you not see his face whenever you were trying to right? make, this, make this connection here, friend? And she's just like, and why Shit. did you act that hysterical, too? Like, I know. And that kill scene it was really ridiculous lightning flash, like it's a universal monster movie. Like, did you catch that? It was like black and white lightning flash. I'm like, what is this? Like House of Frankenstein? Get out of here. That was terrible. I guess somebody painted it. It whole scene didn't even make any sense. I was like, because it went from him being like exited from the hospital. And it's like in the background, you hear all these like medical professionals talking about you shouldn't be, you shouldn't hold grudges against some kids. It was really, it was an accident. You shouldn't hold on to all that anger and you should just move forward. And, you know, you've been out of the real world for five years now or whatever. And, and just, I was like, and then all of a sudden he's killing a hooker. Yeah. He's just angry. He's just so mad. Like- like, oh man what what is happening it was silly it was silly i went and it was a horrible death scene and she's and the blood looks so bad you can tell thomas Vinny learned how to make blood later it was not in this movie yeah that, that looked like red kool-aid coming off of them with some syrup in it i just didn't understand her reaction her reaction was so bad i was like oh she's a terrible actress. Like as a prostitute i'm not trying to be judgmental you know, do you, do, do you boo boo, but like you have to see some ornery looking people. <laughs> so like, why are you freaking out that bad? Like I know, she went from zero to get away from me. Freaking out. Like he was like a Frankenstein yeah, level of freaking out. Like what already trying that? to kill her. And he was just like, I'm looking crazy. And it's probably why he murdered her. Cause she tripped out. But I was just like, what, what? Yeah, and, I did uh, not make any sense. No, no. And like when we get into the, the rubric, there's some stuff at the beginning that bothers me full on out just for technical reasons. So she's the first death, stabbed in the gut with a pair of scissors and then shoved through a window. Yeah. Ridiculous first death, but that's the first death. And so all that really could have been cut, I think. And then you jump to like a lot of like shots at the cat at this camp that has mm-hmm. the widest range of kids I've ever seen. Yes, from like seven, eight years old all the way yeah, up to like 17. To 35. 18, 35. <laughs> Some of the people were 35. Come on. They look old as shit. I'm talking about like what they're supposed to be. I know. And they're all just sitting funny. around smoking and stuff. Like <laughs> Tiger. Tiger looks like she's 11 shirt. years old. And she's like, I'm sitting here smoking a cigarette. Yeah, 1981. What's up? What the world? 
I, she, when that painted the scene with her smoking and she's wearing that tiger shirt, I laughed so hard. I was like, is she wearing a tiger? Oh, tiger's wearing a tiger shirt. It's great. Her, with her ridiculous <laughs> mushroom haircut. Johnny goes, I mean, if, you're, if your name was Tiger, would you wear a tiger shirt? I said, absolutely, I would. Bro, that's probably why her name is Tiger. It was the 80s. Her name was probably something stupid like Mary or something dumb. Like, we're going to call you Tiger. So funny. I love it. That just made me laugh. I, I'm still reeling over that. It's good. I just like that they're all smoking. Like, yeah. I'm like, what the world is going on here? The 80s were wild. That's what my note says. The <laughs> 80s were wild as fuck. Like, because they were, man. Everything in the 80s was crazy. Oh, my God. It's like kids all smoking. 80s were wild. What's the age range here? Are they like 75? Because some of these kids look old as crap, man. Jason Alexander was 22 when he made this movie. But some of the other kids look like they're 47. They really do. <laughs> like the one kid, what was his name? What was that? Glazer looks old as crap. Dude, Glazer. What kind of name is Glazer anyway? I was, I harped. A, I, okay. I was like, I harped on that for like 10 minutes while the movie was going. I'm like, Glazer, really? Like, yeah, this is his last name he thinks he's real cool hey yeah what's up i'm glazer you're a goon number one they're talking about how like i was laughing and i was like all oh, those muscles and he's like a bully i'm like i'd beat the snap i'd beat the, i'd beat the shit out of him in that movie like you ever get away from me if i slap you right i mean alfred was alfred a was weirdo. a little bit of a weirdo and peeping tom for sure which i did not like but i was also like why are you hating on him so hard well because he was trying to peep on his girlfriend well, that that like real talk. If if somebody was, was bothered him beforehand, I was so. trying to scare her. You were trying to see some weird titties. Don't lie, you strange one. But I would probably be up a dude if I was a teenager and he was trying to look at my girlfriend in the shower at a camp. Well, hell yeah, I, I would, would beat him up him. if he looked at me in the shower. Yeah. Oh my god, he scared me. Why don't you just throw hands? He's a nerd. I wouldn't be screaming. I would have clawed his face all up. Get out of here. Yeah, he was a terrible creep. He was a bad creep. All the dudes in this movie, except for like, they're all kind of creepy and rapey. Except for like um, Dave and Woody. Woody was kind of rapey too. They talk about jacking off all the time. Not rapey, but he was kind of weird. He was just weird. He was very teenager, but in a weird way. But he wasn't rapey. Well, he was talking about girls. I feel like he was in all boys talk about, well, boys that like girls. I know. I'm talking about this. Well, all boys, really. (laughs) They like dude butts, but well, I know, but I'm talking. You were saying girl butts. No, no, that's what talk- the conversations what I meant. Like, but yeah, the older ones were a little worse. But he was still part of them. He was funny with his like pellet gun. That he gets to carry around on his hip. No one cares anything about. Dude, that was so funny. Oh my gosh, he Glazer deserved that so hard. He really like, did. He can't swim. Then the girl shoved him in the water, which was pretty funny. Yeah, he he. He was like the tough guy, but really he was like just the insecure guy is what it was. He was not. Obviously, because you find out later on that he is a two-pump jump. Right. Oh, baby, I promise I'll be good next time. Okay, buddy. (laughs) And I was like, dang, she just straight called him out. Oh, will it be good next time? We'll see. I know. She was cold-blooded. That's my note. Sally's (laughs) cold-blooded. And she was like, well, you didn't, do nothing, you didn't do nothing to make me warm. He's like, I'm sorry, baby. I'm going to get you some matches. <laughs> Got him. It was great. It was great. It was ridiculous. Oh, great movie, gosh. man. Like the, when the, like, it's not a great movie. Let me rephrase this. It's a good movie, especially for the 80s. The, the, when the kills happen, it's very much like a Friday the 13th. They just start happening. 
and then there's a gap and then the end happens has a very yeah. friday the 13th feel some of them the f- were really dark yes and i couldn't see what was happening some of the facts i looked up you know it says despite being heavily compared to friday the 13th the script and production for the burning started before that movie did it just took longer for each step which is why friday the 13th was released first so there wasn't like it was a which is weird. Like it says, it started. They must have started not shooting till after Friday the Thirteenth because Tom Savini worked on both of them. But yeah, I think that's interesting. It's very much, very much in the vein of Friday the Thirteenth summer camp movie, which of course we're doing camp months, so it's perfect. This is like one of the quintessential ones. There's a lot of great things I think in this movie. Some of the good, yeah, shots, which I think is pretty cool. Let's see. I actually, there was a part I really liked, but I don't know if you would have liked it or not. Because after a while, I thought about like why it was shot the way it was. But like, anytime you were through the lens of the of Cropsy, it looked very blurry. No, I, I was love like, that. maybe it's that's blurry because yeah, so yeah. it's like blurry because that's how he's actually seeing. Yeah, no, no, no that's part on. I loved. Technically, okay. it was awesome. Remember, we, we talked about other episodes about adding the Vaseline to the edges. They for sure did it in this one. And it makes sense because like, they do it with Jason because he's looking through a mask. They do it with Michael Myers. He's looking through a mask, right? Yeah. Cropsy is missing like a whole eyeball. So, like, it was, that was, to me was perfect. I don't like, and we can talk about it for a second before we get into the shots, those really low shots for no reason. There's so many, like, almost just off the ground shots. They just aren't good. Of just like yeah. feet and ankles. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense when they do that, for no, sure. Unless no. it's like, it's a pan upward. That makes more yeah, sense to me. They don't, they, but he hardly ever panned. Even the beginning, mm-hmm. when he's walking through New York, it's a lot of like his feet. And I get it. Yeah, you want to sh- add mystique to your killer, but eh, I was like, that's weird. So it was inspired by the Cropsey urban legend from the Hudson Valley in upstate New York. It was often told around campfires that the movie was set there. It was originally called the Cropsey Maniac, but they changed the name. Thank goodness. Let's see. I got so many fun facts on this one. Those are good one for the music later. It makes me laugh. So Tom's meaning apparently. Go ahead. Sorry. Johnny looked it up last night because he knew it was an urban legend from a certain area, but it was actually based off a real serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, who uh, he was a child abductor. Frank Rushan or Rushan? I don't yeah. know how to say his last name. It's R U S H A N. But I thought that was cool. I'm gonna have to look him up. Yeah, you because you're a true crime obsession. You'll probably the dig true it. crime person in me has yeah. to look it up. He was like a <laughs> child abductor and predator and whatnot. That's terrible, but I still want to look it up because I'm weird. So according to Tom Savini, he only had three days to come up with the burn makeup and he didn't really like it. He was unsatisfied, but I think it looks cool. I mean, yeah, it looks good. I mean, I mean, for what, for what you had to deal with, I think it looks pretty damn good. And he was creepy looking. Yeah, he was. I mean, not to the bride of Frankenstein screaming level, but yeah, it was creepy looking. That first one was crap. That looked pretty good. I do think there were some things shot wise, some fun facts we can get into in a minute. Let's we'll see here. There's some other good scenes. I like the campfire scenes because I, I thought that was a, because there's two. There's one in the beginning and there's one at the end where they're like telling the story and he tells it twice. But the second time he tells it, it's like, well, it's really not the beginning of the, it's kind of like a quarter of the way through the movie, but 
I like the way that was shot. And I like the the silhouettes of all the people that are lit, sitting around at the end listening. So like each each one looked more like the first one was ominous kind of or more playful. But the last one was more ominous. I liked that. Yeah, so. I like that, too. And those are some of the only scenes that are actually shot at nighttime. Okay. Which is interesting. A lot, you can tell in a lot of those scenes where it's supposed to be nighttime, it's daytime. So it's like, eh. Apparently in a DVD documentary, Tom Savini said there were creative differences between the producers, a.k.a. the Weinsteins, and the writer-director, Tony Malum. And Tom Savini was actually asked to write and direct a new ending. Okay. Yeah. Originally, apparently, also it was supposed to be done in a cave, but they found one cave was full of bats, and they, they couldn't film there because of, like, conservation reasons. And the second cave apparently collapsed right after they got there. Oh, dang. That's scary. I don't know. That'd be kind of scary, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, like, this is crazy. Like, so this is like the feature film debut of three big actors. Jason Alexander hardly ever comes back to horror after this. And this is apparently Holly Hunter's only ever appearance in a horror movie. She's in a thriller about killers called Copycat. Okay. And she got a thanks credit in Lost Souls. That's the only horror credits ever which is crazy for her she's like an oscar winning actress though which i think is kind of cool that's why i was like where in the hell is holly hunter like i I was typing as i watched and i must looked away for like a brief second i missed her because i was like there's i missed it (laughs) like completely yeah we said she's not like she's always there when they canoe to the island she's one of those kids but she's just a background kid and the only time you see her yeah. like in camera like really in camera is when todd is talking to all the kids about finding the canoes and building a raft gotcha. and she's like the camera is literally pointed at her face and then she turns and, ah, and jumps on jason alexander's character's back which is interesting let me see i, I have so many like notes on this whole thing a lot of it's just reaction because I thought it was funny. But the supervisor, who's only in it like twice, was like, he, the, he kept saying, quiet, please, quiet, please, like in the in the mess hall. And I started laughing. I put, I said, oh, man, that's like first year teacher stuff. 100%. <laughs> quiet class, quiet. That, no. It the other me, guy was like, hey, It made me think of uh, <laughs> co-teaching in Whitney's class. All right, guys. And then she look at me. I'm like, we're talking. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> it's 100% like what it is. Okay, guys, it's time to quiet down. No, it's not. You got to put some. Yeah, I've some done that in the hallway voice. when people are trying to like, hey, guys, cool it. And I'm like, hey, quit playing around. And they're like, oh, shit. What is <laughs> where, yeah. Where'd that come from? Huh? What? <laughs> yeah. Turn on your big, your big kid voice. I know. Uh, it's my this is my mama voice is what I like to call mm-hmm. it. That's what I do. I turn on my dad voice. Yeah, and they 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 straight up real fast. It's like oh crap, you yelled at me. Yeah, exactly. But I just thought it was funny because he he just continuously tries to say quiet please, quiet please. I'm like shut up, dude. They're not gonna be quiet. Like you're talking to an entire mess hall full of all age ranges. I know, like, and it is a crazy crazy rage, dude. Like some of those kids are little little. I know. I'm like, this looks like a real camp, but at the same time, it's like, why? Why are all these teenagers here too? It was a real camp. camp. It's still a camp. They do like uh, drive-in movies and stuff. That's cool. Yeah, it's in um, Staten Island. 
Yeah, the I told Johnny, I said, it, I said this one feels more like a camp than some of the other stuff that I've seen. But like the outside shower scenes and stuff, I was like, that would suck to take yeah, a shower right. and like there's no roof on it. And you're like, Johnny goes, that's for real showering out in the woods. Yeah, <laughs> I it like, is. I know, right? I would be so like. At least there was a shower. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was filmed at, it looks like, H. Pouch Scout Camp in Staten Island. It's still open today. Okay. Well, it was a cool-looking camp. Yeah, it looked like a camp. It was one of those movies, like, there's so many movies in the 80s that take place in a camp. That's why I kind of wanted to go to a camp. You know what I mean? Mm, and yeah. I went to one. It was, like, it was very similar to this. I was in sixth grade. I think Johnny went to the same camp. And it was, you know, just running around, doing silly stuff, you know, having fun. So everywhere, ours was, like... Uh, there was, it wasn't a co-ed camp, so we had to worry about trying to hit on girls the whole time. <laughs> but, you know, you won't I, have a. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have liked it. I can tell no, you that right now. No. So yeah. before we get into the rubric, do you want to do your your infamous titty tally? There was only two this time. I know. I thought. I thought at first you weren't going to get any titties, and it was like, okay, okay, I see you, girl. Well, I looked it up first because I always look up the movies we watch beforehand to make sure there's not a ton of like scenes that are inappropriate. That way I can watch it in the living room. But this time I had to go to my bedroom and watch this movie because Parker is a lurker, you know? Yeah. So anyway, but there's only two. But I will say the scenes where they're the one, the the shower scene, her boobs were like out for like a million years. Yeah. I was like dang dude like it did say it was it was yeah it will typically it's not like it's a long shot but it was it was decently long and i did read that so i was prepared for that so i was was laughing at that thing because her hair like the first time she first in there she gets a shampoo in she rinses it out and then when it cuts the boob shot she's covered in soap like i'm like you just rinsed all that out and then your your hair soapy under the water for like ten minutes. Like, how much soap did you put in your hair, child? It reminded me of that that prank. Have you ever seen that video of that prank where the guy keeps like squirting shampoo over like the wall where the thing is, no, and the not, and the people funny. are like, "Why isn't it coming off?" Like they're freaking out. <laughs> that's fucked. <laughs> I'm not. I want to do that now. Mm. It was the one where it was like they were at a campground and yeah. it was the brother or something. And the one of the brothers was like squirting a little bit of shampoo and he would like rinse it. And it and it, he's like, why isn't it coming out? Like it was freaking <laughs> out. And they're all laughing. Like, I don't know. It was that's what it reminded me of. I was like, what? I thought the same thing. I was like, how is it all soapy like that? All I know, sudden? right. It's <laughs> funny. So you got like hers and then the girlfriend of Eddie and that really weird also a uh, rapey scene where he's like, come on girl. And he got real like Italian sounding for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I was like, gosh, no means no shit. I know, right. Back up. Why'd you come in here then? Oh, cause you promised her you were just going to swim. You turd. <laughs> like what are you talking about? All right. Well, there you go. There's your titty tally for this movie. Let's go. Let's jump to the roll call of death real fast. And then we'll get into okay. the rubric. So we have an unnamed female prostitute stabbed with in the stomach with scissors. For no reason at all, other than she right. like, didn't like his face. And then we jump straight to camp. So the first death is the girl Karen, the second pair of boobs we see in this movie. She gets stabbed, mm-hmm. gets her throat cut open by these garden shears in a real brutal way. Right. Weird shot. 
And then someone named it was Fish. dark too. It was yeah, it was dark. And it was shot strange again. It cuts around a lot. Then Fish gets their chest cut open by Cropsy with the garden shears. Barbara, this is this must be yeah. So Fish was on the boat. He was the big dude that was their buddy. Barbara gets stabbed in the stomach. Woodstock gets his throat cut open, but he also got his fingers cut off and his arm, yeah. as you find out later, which is kind of brutal. But I will say just a quick. I'm gonna get into the effects. Well, I'll, I'll wait to our effects thing. Eddie gets garden shears shoved down his throat, which is awesome. Right. Ugh. And this one, these are the sharpest garden shears ever because Diane gets her head sliced like wide open, like through the skull with these garden shears. I know. What's this, a katana? These are the sharpest garden shears I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> katana. I know. <laughs> like, what are you, a samurai? How'd you even do that? Then it shows Sally killed by unknown means. So I'm not, it doesn't really, sh- I'm assuming she was killed with garden shears, but you don't see how he killed her. Glazer gets stabbed in the neck, which was pretty rad. I like that. And lifted up. Yeah, it was pretty dope. And the next death is is Cropsy himself. Incinerated with a modified flamethrower and hacked in the face with an axe by Todd. Which, that whole scene to me is silly at the end because he's walking around and like he's he's like, hey, where you at? Alfred, Alfred, Todd is. And you're getting these weird flashbacks, right? Yeah. So that's another thing. There's two things that bother me at the end. First off, it's only five years. Why is Todd a completely different actor? Like logically right, would have been put a hat on him where you couldn't see his eyes. And then when he has that flashback, it like the light shines under the hat and you see it's the same guy. Totally different kid. It's like young Todd. The dude who played young Todd looks older than old Todd. And it's only five years. You wouldn't look that different. No. Like you can look at photos of me when I'm 10 and you can tell it's me now. Not a totally it would have made more person. sense to say he was 10 and it was eight years later and he was 18 and he was a yeah. camp counselor. Yes. It would have made more sense. But if he'd have been the young guy with the glasses, maybe. Because that kid was actually mm-hmm. young. But they made it five years. It's kind of silly. So that part kind of bothered me. And then he's walking around with that flamethrower with all the laser sounds going off. But he's just walking <laughs> around with it and then it goes off. You weren't like using it. You were just like, yeah, fire. In my mind, you got burnt almost to death. I think you would have like a weird Frankenstein fire bad kind of situation. Not right. Let me make this flamethrower out of some bits I found in this old mine, which was a copper mine, by the way. It was a dusty old copper mine, which was a cool location for a movie. It did look all it looked awesome. So I'll give him props mm-hmm. on that. But that part seems silly to me. I understood like the garden shears because you were like a caretaker guy. But while you walk around with a modified flamethrower, you got burnt over your entire body half your face is melted like you were made of wax my friend but yeah that's not my biggest critiques of this movie other than the shots which i'll get to in a second so you want to add anything else before you jump into the rubric no i think i've covered everything okay all right guys so the rubric so we'll start with the literary element so the script story development dialogue and character development all right so there's a lack of character development for sure there's absolutely none no, exactly. And it makes but no sense. The story. I did like the banter. Yeah, some of the dialogue like, is good. Not all of it. Some of it's no. terrible. But I think, honestly, but, it's only Jason Alexander. Him and Woodstock are both really good. They talk to each other well. But they both do a lot yeah. of comedic roles, and their timing is good. Yeah, it was like from the the Friday 13th movie we did with yeah. Teddy and, um, what's his name? Yeah. I can't think exactly. of his name right now. But like it was you that banter that, that I like. You find that good J- banter yeah. and that good role. 
but it's only those two characters really. Mm-hmm. Alfred's weird. I was just trying to scare her. Glazer's terrible character. Todd's kind of a goof. I'll, I'll kick you out of here, man. I'll bust your rest and camp. Oh, it's just silly. Yeah, 80s Todd nonsense. and Michelle's Michelle's relationship was like didn't make sense. Like I was like, what? Like so, one minute she's like super pissed off at him, and then she's like, oh my gosh, we'll see you later. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I didn't quite understand that either. And then so. they're all looking for the canoe, and she's like, no, let's wait over here. Let's go do it in the woods. What? What? Also, that chick's from Bloodsport. She's the reporter from Bloodsport at the Kumite with Van Dam. In case you didn't know, <laughs> I saw her. I went. <gasps> I didn't know. Is that girl from the girl from Bloodsport. <laughs> I love that dude. I went as Jackson for Halloween one year. It was awesome. I had like a wig and like a Harley bandana and some sweats. I was like Jackson, you got it. It was awesome. Anyway, it's a little mental liked, image for you guys. I did like this. The story behind Cropsy, like the urban legend type thing, but I don't think it, I don't think it was written very well in this. Like it could have been better. Yes. I think, like you said, that first couple of scenes didn't make sense. Like the orderly with the orderly freaking out over him, grabbing his arm. That didn't make sense. Didn't need to be there. It's overacted. The prostitutes overacted. And it yeah, killed her for it no was reason. Like, honestly, it should have been like. It should have showed that scene and then and then just put five years and then went straight to camp. Yeah. And it has and those weird them jumps telling the story. Like one week later, yeah. five years later, and the weird tongue. It, it, the beginning is just not good. You can tell mm-hmm. the writers were unexperienced. This is like Bob Weinstein's like first writing credit. It's the first okay. movie they ever produced. It makes with sense. Their mom. Obviously, you can tell. Uh, the director was not really doing features at the time. He did documentaries. It's, it's different. It's a different world. Mm-hmm. Most of your actors are brand new. You can tell all this stuff is very much new. I'd say the most experienced person on this movie was probably Tom Savini. Right. Because your producers, it's their first movie. This is what launched. I mean, Miramax had been around since like 79, but this like launched Miramax. It was one of their first things they did together. Right. Uh, the director, again, he'd done a couple little things, mostly documentaries. So you don't have a lot of experience. And there's a couple of notes I saw when I was doing research about how that really played into the budget. And that's why it took them longer than Friday the 13th. Even though they started before, they just were inexperienced. They didn't know how to do a lot of things. They ran out of money and different gotcha. times. So, I mean, this is low for me. Yeah, this is low for me. Like, you have two characters that do okay. I'm thinking like a seven. And that's me being real nice because I like Jason Alexander and Woody's characters in this. They're both really no, good. It's fine. I, I don't think the writing was well done. Oh, no. The script is terrible. There's no story development. I do like Cropsy's character, though. Like, mm-hmm. I'd like to know more. You get that little bit of backstory about how, how mean and terrible he was to those kids. And it's a prank gone wrong. I mean, those kids are fucking ruthless. Right. And there's some and stuff that makes no sense with him. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I've seen kids be mean as hell to each other. So that part I didn't like. I didn't hate. I think the character looks cool. His reasoning for killing campers is kind of cool. It's better than like the weird Jason's like Jason's mom had a good reason. Jason doesn't really, he's just like a Michael Myers type. I kill for no reason at camp. So this one made sense to me. So that's why I think a seven and not like a four. Yeah. The only, the only thing that I thought was weird of him was the, the prostitute at the beginning. Like, why did you kill her? Yeah, I think he was just like, I'm mad. I want to kill somebody. I don't know. It made no sense. It, made it no didn't sense make sense. Yeah. In that ridiculous Universal Monsters lightning flash. It's just, I don't even know why it's there. It looks like stock footage. It's, it's ridiculous. 
All right. The effects design element. So visual effects elements that connect to the narrative set design, overall character design, gore and practical versus digital effects. So again, it's 81. There are no digital effects. I do. The blood looked bad, but I do like the kills in this movie. And there's mm-hmm. one thing. I mean, Tom Savini said he didn't. He did, he was un, unsatisfied with the makeup. I think Cropsy looks cool. It's good. It's an original looking idea. It's not just a dude in a mask. Yeah. Like a lot of the slashers at the time. It's definitely not on caliber of Freddy Krueger for Burns. Of course, Freddy was amazing. He's like one of the best burn makeups ever. But it looks cool. He's scary. You know what I mean? It looks really good. One thing I thought was really cool was the dead body of Woodstock. That looked just like him. Like the one that floats up. That's really good. Right? His face. That was a good, like, fake body. A lot of times you can tell they're cheesy. I thought maybe that was him. I was like, is that him? Just like in a weird, I'm dead. But no, that was like fake. Floated up. Looked really good. Uh, it did look really good. Yeah. The finger cuts look good. Some of the stabs looked, you know, kind of bad. But really, again, just like in Friday the 13th, you're stabbing through like a bladder or some kind of extra add-on piece. You're not really stabbing a person. So obviously, you do what you can. But I thought overall, it looked pretty good effects-wise. I've- I thought the effects looked good. The sets look great. It, lo- it is a camp, so that's fine. Looks like a camp. The hospital was a real hospital. I really dig the final scene at that copper mine that was just out there in the woods. It's a random place. It's a creepy place where a killer would hide out, which I liked. It was dark and dreary, the copper mine. So that looked kind of cool, man. I liked it. So for me, this is kind of high. I'm thinking like maybe like a 15, 16. Sure. Maybe 17. I mean, what do you think? They're not bad. There's a couple of things that are cheesy. The blood looks really bad. I will give it that. But again, it's 1981. I think the finger cut off is really cool. And he's like, ah, you know, and I'm like, oh, dang. Yeah. I was like, e, it hurt my butt. <laughs> it hurt your butt? Like what? a butt clenched. Like, <laughs> I couldn't imagine losing my fingers. I wish you I'm like, oh. That. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Have you ever heard me say that? I heard so much. Oh man, maybe not like that. It was just so that was funny. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh man. <laughs> Sorry. That's good. That was great. I loved it. It was great. So what do you think? Like you think 16's good? Yeah, 16's good. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> it's ridiculous Uh, so the visual technical element so overall aesthetic of the film is pleasing to the eye lighting creative camera shots and movement and lens selection i know you hate this not good man like um there's a lot of low shots for no reason like we're seeing people's feet yeah like pan shots if you're getting like movement fine and like i said i did like the vaseline trick on the the end just because it does give you that good perspective yeah I liked it. The music changes. I love the first person. That's it was big in the eighties for the killer. And it's awesome. I don't know why we had to see a lot of people's feet. Like the shot, yeah, no. another weird low shot, like the shot of Woodstock going through his suitcase, looking for his vitamin E when he's all scared. You're looking mm-hmm. up that dude's nose. Like, why is it shot from that angle? It was shot from under the bed. It looks terrible. Like you're <laughs> seeing this dude's boogers. I'm like, what is going on here, man? This is bad. And I just wasn't a fan of that. The lighting a lot in a lot of scenes is too dark. 
they couldn't afford yes, to actually shoot at nighttime. So a lot of those scenes that are supposed to be at night are during the day and you can tell. So like, okay. for instance, they're all at the campfire when Eddie comes in as that fake killer and scares them all. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a true nighttime shot. It's dark. There's a fire. It's a good shot. But then it cuts to Eddie and uh, oh girl walking through the woods. That's in the middle of the day. They put a filter over the lens to make it look darker. Okay. obviously brighter it looks like it's like the next morning right but it's not gotcha of course, it's a budgetary thing but it just doesn't look good right i think that kind of it takes you out of the movie when you're like what why is it all of a sudden like way brighter because it was the middle of the freaking day so i don't think it has any real creative camera shots i do like the first person so i'm not gonna like totally rip it uh it's really dark in a lot of scenes when it could be a little bit lighter but again yes, that goes back to dark. inexperienced workers on the film man like the, the director didn't know hey dude why is this so dark you know and you lose a lot of you just lose a lot because apparently there were a lot more shots of the killer but they wanted to add his mystique which is fine you just did it in a weird way i don't like seeing the man's shins that's not mystique <laughs> this looks weird because yeah, even maybe his outline would have been better yeah like the shape or something right go a little michael myers dude it's like i mean all these movies are ripping off halloween anyway so just just go full bore. And I thought they were going to, when you see him stand up with his hat on, you have that cool shape, that really awesome silhouette. He's kind of a big dude. He's wearing the fedora, you know, and this is pre like nightmare on Elm street. So like, you really could have made something of this. Instead, you showed me some fucking black shoes and shins from hospital. Like he stands up, he's in that chair and the camera shown him in the chair. And then it pans like the dude is like, like the good belly crawling with a camera. It looks terrible. I hate it. I do like the first person shot. So again, I'm not going to kill it again. I think just like literary, this is probably like a six or a seven. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's, ugh. yeah, there was only a bad. couple of things I liked. I liked the campfire stuff and I liked the first person with the, like seeing through his eyes. But yeah. other than that, I don't think they were very creative. And those are the only things that I think it saves it really for me because yeah, because that is cool. That Vaseline trick is an old school trick. It's great. They use it a lot of times. It makes the most sense, I think, in this one because of how messed up his face is. That probably would be like how he sees things, which yeah. I liked. And that will also lend itself to the sound element because I also liked that he had his own kind of creepy music and it switched yeah. every time you got his perspective, which I kind of liked. So let's jump mm-hmm. into that. So the sound element. The sound represents the overall tone of the film. The soundtrack, as well as the score, keeps the audience engaged with a setting, characters, location, narrative of the piece. I think this one was really good. Yeah, it was solid. Solid. It was done by, let's see, what's his name? Rick Wakeman. And it's funny. He was actually offered a percentage of whatever profits the film made, but decided to opt for a fee instead as he felt the film had no chance of being successful. Which that sucks. He was kind of right in America, but he missed out on a ton of money because of the Japanese Japanese taxes. Yeah. He would have got all the money from whatever percentage he made in Japanese. So he would have made mm-hmm. a percentage of $1.5 plus million dollars, which I bet he was so sick after bet, that. Right. But he did a good job, I think. I like Cropsey's thing. I think he did too. You know, it was very much Friday the 13th ish with that, like, you know, my music or like a very much Michael Myers. But again, every, every slasher that has a big solitary killer, they're copying Halloween. I don't care what they, what they say. You have a dude with a blade weapon trying to kill people. I mean, that, that's it. Yeah. I mean, Jason is a just a, a camp version of Michael Myers. So 
I, I thought that was cool. I liked the music for him. I thought the soundtrack made sense at all the shots. You had kind of cheery music. You had some dark music. The sounds are actually really good in this one. I thought some of the killing sh- sounds sound cool. The New York street sounds were good. I mean, it's, it's pretty solid overall, I think. I like, I like the fact that the score almost sounded like a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. It has so some- that's, that's what I kept going back to. So like when Cropsey would come up, it was like when he would get closer, it would speed up. So like, it's like a heartbeat that, you know, was hectic. I liked that. Yeah. And then, and there's this high pitched sound. I don't know what would have made that sound, but it was really cool how it did that. And then the banjo music, the upbeat music while they were like on the canoes and they were like splashing and like having fun. Like, Oh, that was fun. Oh, yeah. it was a good ad- add on. And then I thought it was weird, but also funny but like they had that psychedelic type music when alfred is watching sally and glazer in the woods because he is freaking creeper dude yeah he's creeper.com <laughs> yeah it's like he wants to be glazer and like sally i don't know probably that's, that's what it was he's just a creeper the only thing i thought was kind of weird is when he had the torch out they used like a weird laser sound it's like beep, 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 beep. i'm like what the hell is this star wars <laughs> i didn't even on? notice that that's yeah funny. the laser sounds are weird <laughs> But I know this is your uh, your favorite one. So what do you think? Oh, this score's pretty high for me. I mean, I can take off points for for the lasers. I didn't even notice it to be honest with you. But I, I think it was, it was funny. because it was whatever. It but was I just... thought this is probably the most well done out oh, of the whole oh, movie. Of the three, was, yeah, was, for sure. Yeah, was the score and the and the the sounds and things. I thought they did really well with this. Right, so what do you so. think? What would you score this as a teacher if you were doing this as a class? I would be between a 15 and a 20. Okay. Only because I know that I will remember the score on this one. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other ones, I, I won't. Let's just go full 20 then. Cause I agree. I think the, I mean, not okay. quite 25. There's a couple of things that make no sense, no. but I do like the sounds. I like that he has his own sound and it's not like a direct rip off. It's just kind of a cool. Okay. And um, I enjoy it. I said overall solid soundtrack just didn't do as good as you thought it did though i thought it would do better but after talking it through i i was like oh yeah but i still liked it i thought yeah. it was good i thought it was a good watch got a solid so. 50 all the summer camp movies were pretty much failures i think friday 13th got what like a d <laughs> or a c maybe yeah. um but of course it's friday 13th you, you can't go wrong with that one good makeup um this one again tom savini killed it there's some stuff like i said it I think if we had a, a, a category that was just effects that didn't include like character design, set design, it would probably be a little higher. And really, the blood the writing killed also killed it. Yeah, the writing and the visual effects killed it. Like I'm telling you, that bothered me. Those low shots, they they were stupid for no reason. It really bugged me. I'm like, and people are probably going to hate the fact that I, I was like, why does this movie suck? Because it doesn't suck. It's not a bad movie. And I like the idea of Cropsey. I really do. I think it's a, a, a uh, an interesting take on a slasher, right? Garden Shears, super original. I mean, it's the bladed option, but it still looked cool. It has some really cool posters. It has one of the best posters I've ever seen. It's a, it's a fan-made poster. I'm probably going to use it in our post just because hopefully no one tries to send me a cease and desist or nothing. But it's dope. It's orange. It's got a picture <laughs> of the dude. I'm going to try to buy it and hang it up somewhere. It's a, it's a rad poster. Even the name is cool, you know, because he was burned. It's 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 a good premise. 
this is a movie honestly uh and i'm usually not really big on horror remakes i'd love to see this remake i was gonna say that too With a little be, bit more cool to see it care a little bit more kind of approach to it it could be really good cut out mm-hmm. the whole beginning because it right. makes no sense right take the it doesn't just, make jump sense. straight in take the friday the 13th route go you know show him going to the er so you have an idea that he survived and then boom five years later people start dying at camp by a big dude in cheers and you're not sure who it is but there you go you know and because it's almost like they tried to go hitchcock and make alfred seem like the MacGuffin, like maybe it's him but you know it's not him so it makes no sense he's right. just weird and creepy you know what i mean so it'd be cool to see this mm-hmm. one remade which again is not something i normally would say but yeah I'd like to see that. I think it would be really good. It's a great story. It's a cool killer. I think the idea is interesting. But yeah, so there you go, guys. A big old fifty. It's a uh, it's a failure, but it did launch the careers of Jason Alexander and Fischl Stevens and Holly Hunter. So I guess which is thanks. crazy. It really launched the careers of the Weinstein's, and even though they're horrid pieces of shit, they've made a ton of movies that everyone knows and loves. I mean, Miramax yeah. is responsible for some massive movies. And really, they're responsible for Quentin Tarantino because Harvey Weinstein kind of got him started. So I guess you really got to say thanks, buddy. But sorry that you're a POS. But yeah. So yeah, guys, let, let us know what you think. Is anything you want to add, friend? I'll just a reminder what we're reading this month. Yeah, The Lake. Because that comes up on the 30th is the episode. But it is The Lake by Natasha. Is it Natasha Preston? Yes. I believe Natasha so, Preston. yes. Yes, yes. I need to finish it. Ooh, also, next Sunday, we're doing a Q&A episode, so definitely tune in. It'll be a lot of fun. we got some great questions on our Instagram. If there's anything you've ever wanted to ask us or uh, want to know or just think it would be funny, uh, jump on there. We're not going to record it till when? Probably next week. So we mm-hmm. still got time to jump and ask some questions, and then it'll come out one week from this one. So ask away. And yeah, guys, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to find out what you want to know. Any burning questions? We don't be weird and personal, but uh, but you can whatever. I might answer. <laughs> don't be weird and personal. Do whatever, man. You know, ask some questions. <sighs> yeah. Is anything else we need to do? You want to tell them tell them how to get, how to get a hold of us? Sure. Um, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Horror in the Halls. You can also follow Jenny underscore Dreadfuls on Instagram. You can email us at horrorinthehalls at gmail We would love to hear from you. Yeah, guys, reach out. We're on every social media now, I'm pretty sure. We're on YouTube, wherever you find your podcast, essentially, at this point. I've got us everywhere. We're even on threads now. So jump on, hit us up. We're not on Twitter, so that's the one we're not on, because I just don't have time for that, and I don't care. But we are technically I'm, on threads. I'm it's terrible a yeah. at social media. I know. I do all Bob of it. Knows. Yay. So much fun. I know. I'm sorry. I suck. No, it's fine easy i make one post and then post it everywhere it's fine <laughs> and try to interact with people but it's fun mostly busy on instagram it's the one i'm most active on because it's just the simplest but yeah guys we do have a patreon you want to hit us up we're going to do a special for the whole month of august i'll post about that on our instagram and other pla- social platforms we'll keep an eye out for that involving our patreon and yeah i think with that that's going to be the bell we're going to get out of here bye bye